Welcome to My Company Story, a show for business owners by business owners, the challenges they face, and how they've overcome them. So I'm here with Ken Tang and Andy Tay of Cornerstone Marketing Concepts. Ken is the founder and CEO of Cornerstone, and his cousin Andy is vice president of sales. Welcome. It's good to be here, Don. Thanks, Ken. Ken and Andy grew CMC Marketing into the largest commercial sales force for DirecTV in just four short years. Ken, can you tell us a little bit about that journey and how you did that? It's been a journey. <laughs> yeah. You know, Andy and I, along with my wife, started just the three of us. And then the pursuit just to have more control and have an opportunity to provide jobs for our friends and family. You know, we got tired of jumping from one company to the next. We were good at creating Salesforce. And you know, we work for a variety of companies that are um, subsidiary of these companies. They uh, same model where they train and develop sales reps. They market phone and internet and TV to to the consumers, residential and commercial. But what I found is they lack business skills and sometimes integrity. And every few years, we had to restart and move to another company and so forth. So with the support and belief of Andy, my wife, we decided to just do it. Now, tell us a little bit about the size of the organization today and what markets you serve and then specifically what CMT does. We grew from the three of us to now collectively from employee to subcontractors, about 20 people. We're in five different states. We uh, have teams that are, I guess, mobile. We, mm-hmm. we, we, we travel a lot. Our mm-hmm. sales force and our technicians are travels um, to different markets and generate sales on behalf of AT&T and DirecTV. Okay, mm-hmm. good. And uh, Andy, you're a vice president of sales for CMC Marketing. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're looking for in a sales rep and then what the day in the life of a sales rep, but of a successful sales rep is, maybe a little bit about how much money they can make. Tell us a little bit about what that guy looks like. Okay. Yeah, we're open to anybody that's willing to pretty much learn sales. You know, we call it PhDs, right? We're looking for people that have a PhD, poor, hungry, and determined. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. We're looking for people who are ambitious, that need money, that wants to pretty much try sales out. How the opportunity was presented to me was similar to to how we presented to a new person coming in to and, Cornerstone. And how many people do you hire right now on a weekly basis? Yeah, so on average, we hire about four to five. Four or five a week? A week. Wow. Uh, but our retention is about two to three. Okay. And so tell us what happens when you hire these guys, you're tr- you train them, and how soon until they're out in the field working? Right. So after orientation, once they get hired... Uh, they do about a three days training. And uh, once that three days is over, they're pretty much out in the field with their trainer until they're competent enough to go out on their own. Define competent on their own. Define what you mean by that. Competent in terms of product knowledge, in terms of uh, how to approach the customers, how to pretty much process the order. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. that takes about two weeks. Okay. Yeah. And at the end of, end of two weeks or at the end of a month or so, how much money can a new rep make for you guys, with you guys? That's a secret, Don. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, they, it's really up to them. Um, but on average, our, our guys make about seven to about 800 a week. Mm-hmm. And that's conservative if they're working the hours that we work. Okay, so. that's great. And what do they have to do for that? I mean, so they're, they're knocking on the door of what kind of company. They walk in. They talk to who about what? They go business to business, small to medium-sized businesses like you know, nail salon, donut shops, smog shops, mechanics. And uh, we're targeting customers who are too busy to actually call in for new services that we offer. 
the approach is simple. We, we ask them how their service is and we see if we can beat their price. That's great. And what would you say, Andy, is the makeup of the ideal or the, of the sales rep that would be the most successful? What kind of qualities do, do you look for in that kind of guy? Anyone with a student mentality and someone that's willing to learn mm -hmm. because we do auto training as long as you're willing to learn and absorb everything we offer. Uh, we can groom somebody to be successful. That's fantastic. And what about in the organization after a few years? Can they then become a trainer? Can they get their own team? What does that look like? That's a great question. So we're not only grooming sales reps. The goal is for them to become future partners. Uh, when I mean future partners, I mean they're now able to go on road trips to different states and actually open up a new market. Mm -hmm. So right now we're in California. We're in Texas and Ohio, some parts in Florida. Uh, the goal is to be in all states, mm -hmm. so to become future partners so we can actually grow and expand to different markets. That's great, Andy. And what would, if someone's listening to this uh, broadcast right now and they're trying to decide whether to work for CMT Marketing or to work for a competitor or some other direct sales force company, why would someone want to work for you? Yes. So we value relationship more than anything. Ken brought me on and I'm his cousin, but the way he brought me on and he treated me was totally different than how I saw people treat me when I was younger. Once I saw that in him, we, we created a culture where we wanted to build relationship with strangers, you know, the friends that we have currently, and even our family. So even though this is work, we have a strong bond within each other. Right. So when challenges arise, like, you know, life happens, right? Right. Uh, we have each other's back. So you watch out for each other, and it's really more, it's, may I say, a family-type situation than environment. Yeah, you being... can ask our employees, and I'm sure they'll say the same thing. Yeah, 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 that's great. Ken, let me ask you a question now, if you don't mind, a little bit about being the business owner and the founder and CEO. For starting with the company, you were doing everything, I imagine. You, Andy, and your wife, you, you washed the dishes, you swept floors, you did everything, I imagine, like all business owners do at that early age. How has your role changed in the last four years at such tremendous growth, doubling sales every year? What's your role like now? How do you see yourself as a leader? You know, that's, that's a great question. My, my role did change. And I think if I was to talk to entrepreneurs, all the entrepreneurs out there, the biggest advice I can give you is, do whatever it takes, whatever your business requires at the time. Luckily, with the help of Diodon and the Vistage Group, I was able to move from being the CEO that did everything from, you're right, I took out the trash. We all do early on. I was, I was cutting the lawn. I was, <laughs> I was the technician. You know, I went and shadowed some technicians. I, I sold. But what happened there was you have to be able to grow with the company grow with your your business and not be stuck doing everything, right? So what am I challenging? And I would have probably stuck there and be um, tunnel vision and just doing all the work had it not been for groups like Visage. So it's good to, to know and be able to be willing to do everything, but it is important for a business owner to understand that you don't have to and that you have to empower people in different functions or you become a slave to your business like my parents did. Interesting. Interesting. So I started off doing everything and stressed the heck out. I know everything about my business. I know how to sell. I know how to install. I know how to call and verify a customer. <laughs> I, I know everything to being comfortable not to know everything, but empower people that knows each department of my business. And until I was able to do that, I was, uh, I guess, uh, confined or 
putting myself in a position where I wouldn't be able to grow or would kill myself trying to grow right. the business in that in that model. Right. Yeah. And I imagine you had a great success with some of the early employees you had and people that you knew. Tell us a little bit about that first core group that took you from you, Andy, and your wife to then five people, 10 people, 20, now 120. I mean, how did you find, hire, recruit, and train the people so that you could be the leader that you needed to be? That's great. That's a great question. Actually, one of the books that uh, helped with that was a book I read early called Eight Habit of Highly Successful People. It's a great book. By uh, Stephen Covey's son, mm -hmm. which is Stephen Covey as well. Yeah. <laughs> and that book talks about the speed of trust. And that's the one thing I took from that book. Well, it's only the one message. But this whole book about how trust, speed of business, how trust is the most important. And what I took away from that book is, okay, so I'm trust and I can't afford to pay people with talents yet. It's a, it's a startup, right? So then what I did was I look out for, I started to look for people I trust from friends, family, new employees, people I brought on. The quality I look for is people that are honest, people that are hardworking, and people have a, a, a desire and ambition unmatched to the normal people that I, I talk to. I'm talking mm -hmm. about people almost, 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 it's, 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 most people think they're crazy, right? They're barely making $15, but they want to own an island type of thing. Right, right, so, right, right. Because that's the foundation I need. I need to trust them and I need them to have ambition. So that way when the company grow, there will be place for them along the way. And that's exactly what happened. So Andy, you know, was my cousin. We started working together since he was 17 six years later and now he's a partner mm -hmm. so i'm looking for someone like that mm -hmm. good i started to seek out different qualities and people that can fulfill different functions on my company for example a tech mm -hmm. my brother is now our tech manager i have a good friend that became my back office support right they have the same quality somebody i can trust somebody have my back and somebody have crazy amount of ambitions um beyond what they're they're at right now interesting does that make sense so it does make sense i'm a teacher at heart if it wasn't for the money i'll be a teacher because mm. <laughs> i love teaching and grooming people so i don't mind the effort it takes to develop skills and invest time and things like that that's my my why my mission in life so in your way, mission so. in life is to help people grow and become better people tell me a little bit more about that right so my, my goal in life is to first be a strong cornerstone, a cornerstone, you know, it is just a foundation, a pillar, an example for those around you, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody that can, you know, my dad in, in our language called which is the foundations that hold a house together. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, at first you must be that. Mm -hmm. And then I seek out to find people that has the same desire, but they may be different. And he's always been talented and always been charismatic. He's that popular kid that I hate in high school. <laughs> <laughs> we all know somebody like right, Andy. <laughs> right. And I'm the nerd, right? right. And like people watch and creep people out. <laughs> no, so, so I know he'll be talented at sales because when I first approached him to pass out flyers in car windows and that we were doing a residential campaign at the time with Time Warner, I was surprised the amount of people that comes up to him and start asking him about the product. And that mm. no, don't happen, right? Yeah, yeah. So I realized he has a talent. So he don't know it at the time, but it was always a plan that I think I can work with this. He has the skill that I don't have. He loves to be in front of people. He's very charismatic. We go to gyms and work out, and he have two, three people every single day approach him 
And I'm like, how do you know these many people? You're 17. Still <laughs> and it still happens, right? Yeah. There's more people, right? So he's always been that person. And it's, it's um, so I find people that have the same desire and same core people I trust, but different qualities. Mm-hmm. That's so right. with Paul, he's he has that, but he's very technical, mm-hmm. which he became the first employee we hired mm-hmm. that became now the back office manager. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he started making 13. Now he's at 75K mm-hmm, and, right. and, and, and probably going to crush six figures this year. Great. I want to go into one thing that you mentioned, and that was your parents. Tell me a little bit about their journey. They were from Cambodia and they came here. Tell our audience a little about how that was, what that was like as a kid watching them, what they did for you, what you saw them doing that makes you the kind of entrepreneur you are today. You know, my parents are the best example and has a lot of influence, both positive and negative influence on my life. And let's talk about the positive. Okay. You know, my parents are the most hardworking people that I know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they were to do it. They have four kids, didn't speak English, but a few words of English, was able in a matter of 10 years to sell up 10000 to start a business. Mm-hmm. And we had a small restaurant um, growing up that served to the Cambodian community and Vietnamese community. Mm-hmm. It's similar to a Lee sandwich mm-hmm. before Lee sandwich became the chain and recognized brand that they are. Right. We were before them even. Well, at least I thought, I don't know about Lee until, you know, <laughs> <laughs> until after my parents sold the business, but they were a great example of work ethic and what you can manifest if you desire it. They were the best example of that. Mm. You know, they did whatever it takes from fleeing Cambodia, traveling a week on foot, leaving Cambodia to, to Thailand so that we actually can immigrate into the country. Immigrate to the country because you couldn't immigrate from Cambodia because of the communist oh, right. party at the time that was what year was that? Uh, Around 85? Mid-80s. 80, yeah, mid-80s. Mid-80s, so right. Fleeing the Khmer uh, Rouge that was going on there and the uh, genocide? Right. 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 So they had to sneak out of the country and wow. if they were to be caught they would have been killed instant. Wow. Right. And wow. They, they had to travel with a tour guide that they paid, trust a guy that they don't know, walk through landmines, swamps, leeches. They have stories that seems like something you've seen in the movies, Just right? But, but they lived it, right? Sure. So what I've then they tell me this and my mom again, she's the best salesperson I know. So she did a pretty good job. Yeah. <laughs> a pretty good job convincing me that there is no excuse why you can't be better. Right, right. <laughs> like, they, this is what we did for you. <laughs> they, what they did, that's very good, very well said. This is what they did for you. And so now you as a young adult, now or as an adult, knowing that and growing up with that, how does that make you into a, the person you are? Well, how did that affect you and make you what, what drives you? Right. So the first thing is do whatever it takes. The example they had, the work ethic was a great example. My dad worked seven to seven at the shop. That's already 12 hours. Mm-hmm. But then after the shop, he'll go to Santa Ana and look for deals so that he can sell at the shop. Mm-hmm. So that's probably another few hours. The funny thing about my parents is they do not equate time to money. To them, as long as they earn the money, it's all good. It doesn't matter how long, how much, how many people's involved in making that money. So... What it taught me there was do whatever it takes. And they taught me entrepreneurship in the sense that, you know, the average American look at their time versus money. Mm-hmm. How, how much am I making? And then, I mean, it's, it's logical, but business owners shouldn't think like that. Mm-hmm. Business owners should think revenue and do whatever it takes to get it and then go from there. And that's what I learned from them along with the work ethic. That's great. That helped me persevere through many challenges of my life. Because if you're dumb, slow, unskilled, 
just work harder. Right, just work harder. <laughs> work right. harder, you learn faster. Right, right. And then you outbeat the competitor. So you as know? a young kid, Ken, you are watching your parents work 14 hours a day and just making by and living like that. Did you say to yourself, yeah, I want to be an entrepreneur just like that? Or did you say to yourself, heck no, I want to go work for corporate America yes, and of forget course, all that? Of course I will work the 14 hours, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I ran away from that. I told my mom and parents, and they actually agreed. They, they don't want me to do the 14 hours they did. They did that for us because they feel like they didn't have another choice mm -hmm. because if they were working for corporate America or any company with their skill set they would earn minimum wage at best a few dollars more so that was their only pursuit of happiness mm -hmm. and if it's true you know I'm blessed with much more opportunity because they brought me here right, right, right. educated college and they did a tremendous job doing whatever it takes to make sure I have a better opportunity than mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. You're now in a position of you, you've hired quite a few family and friends from the Cambodian community and now others, of course, as you grow forward. As you look at the future in your life with where you've come from, where your parents have come from, what do you feel like giving back now? Or do you, or tell me a little bit about that aspect. Yeah, you know, hearing the story that my parents um, went through and, you know, being Cambodian, being raised in Long Beach at the time with all the danger of a drive-by and things like that. I, I feel for, for our people, you know, my, the Cambodian community. Now, I identify myself with, I'm American, but my root is Cambodian. And there's still a lot to be done there. You know, one of the things that I, I must do is be a good example and, and be, you know, role model is cliche, but I just want to show that it's possible. Right. That there should be no excuse for whatever reason for you not to be successful here. Right. You know, and... In the near future, go to Cambodia and actually affect my country by providing jobs. My Wonderful. goal is to create a thousand jobs in Cambodia. That's a great goal. In the meantime, what I'm doing is growing myself to be a better business person, mm -hmm. um, developing my skills, working with Andy. Obviously, he's Cambodian, he's my cousin. And anybody that wants an opportunity is not just Cambodian. It's just that that's who I know. That's right. who I trust. Right. So that's who I start with. So it's, the real, it's, it's really capitalism solving poverty. I mean, it's bringing people along by being capitalistic like you are and entrepreneurial like you are and raising up those who want to be, who want to do the hard work. Yes. Do the hard work like you're doing. Yes. That's wonderful. Exactly. That's great. That's great. As you look to the future of Cornerstone, where do you see the path now? I mean, you've doubled the last four years. You're the national sales team for DirecTV, the best out there. Where is it going to be in two years or five years from now? Our opportunity look very bright. My focus this year is to create better habits and affect personal change in my core leadership. What I mean by that is we have succeeded in affecting financial change. We have reps, just reps, sales reps, dealing with business owners that make six figures. Great. So Andy's being modest with the five, uh, seven to 800, and it's true in the first month. Mm-hmm. But we have reps that just does sales and they're breaking 3000 a week wow. consistently. Partners, when you can develop team, have the leadership to multiply yourself by training and developing others and have the, the drive to start up a new market and take entrepreneurship seriously and be our partner. My main business partner now that have the biggest team, you make 10000 mm -hmm. a week. Wow. That's, cool. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of freaking money. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I've never um, been even close to that working for other companies. So yeah. I truly, me and Andy set, set out to create an opportunity that's not just talk, you know, I, and, and I'm not, I don't want to 
come across like we're better than everybody else, but we truly value relationship. Mm-hmm. And what I've noticed in bigger companies or even smaller companies that's in sales is it's a lot of daggling the carrot in front of the donkey's face, you know, and the carrot keep getting longer and longer. Right. And you can never really, the, the donkey, donkey never, never get the carrot. donkey never gets the carrot, yeah. Right. I sometimes tweak the number so they get the carrot. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, like, you want the, you want a, ha- a fat, happy donkey. I want to, I want to <laughs> have a fat, and I, and I love it. And I, I, um, I truly want to create friendships and provide an opportunity for them to be cornerstones for those around them. Right. Mm-hmm. So we succeeded in financially, but what I found recently is that personally, I also want to affect that change. And it's, it's kind of figure out strategizing how we do that without infringing on, when there's the line and things like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, you just want to be focused on being good people. Yep, yep. I think a good leader is just simply a good person. A good person. That's they, all it is. So, you know, I think leadership is being used so much that in sales, if used correctly, it's almost like manipulation because mm-hmm. a good leader can influence. So mm-hmm. you can call that manipulation or influence, but we have the ability to do so. Right. And it scares a lot of people. Good salespeople scares people because of that. Yeah. And what I found is that we've been doing a good job creating the skill and developing their skills. But now they, they almost have a responsibility, mm-hmm. not almost, they have a responsibility now to do the right thing with the skills that is taught to them. Giving back, being generous, kind, look out for others just like we look out for them. And I want to be more of a spokesperson and be more almost, you know, preach that message yeah. so that we can create long lasting foundation. To your point, two years from now, I want strong cornerstones that affect positive change in people's around us and the, the lives around them. That's great. That's a wonderful um, uh, vision you know. and ambition. That's good. Andy, I want to ask you a minute uh, about Ken. So you have been your Ken's cousin. So you've seen him as a little kid growing up, all the journeys that he's taken, and then starting Cornerstone and working with him at the beginning. And now four years later, where Ken is right now, running a very successful, thriving organization. Right. How has, in your view, how has he changed as a person and as a leader and as he became a leader uh, without kissing butt too much to Ken right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you be honest with us and tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, um, just through our our journey together, he's he's grown tremendously from, you know, being single to being married, being married to having kids to being a father. And um, when our relationship finally got back together, I've always looked at Ken as a, a mentor, as a as a leader, right? A good person, just truly amazing. I know he's here, right? Me, I'm tooting his horn a little bit, but don't stop. <laughs> don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like he he's grown tremendously. Even when um, I felt like we weren't growing, he would he would buy seminars and go to the Tony Robbins seminar with me and, and, and really just try to learn and be a student again. That just shows me that, you know, our leader, our CEO is still growing. You know, he, he's growing personally, he's growing financially. And overall, his goal is to create cornerstones. So if he's not the one growing, then who will be leading the team? So it's right? fair to say that Ken's setting the example for the cornerstone and building other cornerstones within your organization. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, yes. yeah. That's wonderful. Good. Thank you, Andy. Ken, is there anything else that you would like to tell the either the entrepreneurs who are listening or the or the or the wannabe entrepreneurs or business owners that are out there uh, about uh, your journey, about some of the struggles, the challenges, and then how you've overcome them? Number one advice would be: it seems like a far journey. You know, take take step by step. 
what what I mean by that it's I have very big goals. I always have very big goals when I was a child. And then when I tell people that, I always get ridiculed, laughed at, you know. And recently, it hasn't been so much. Now I say stuff, they're like, okay, I believe you. (laughs) 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 You know, but I always wanted, um, for example, I always said I wanted an island. And at the time, I was broke, you know, bad credit, you know, make some poor decisions and things like that. Didn't have people skills, you know. And, you know, I watch a YouTube video on Law of Attraction, you know, and then that start to manifest and give me comfort in the fact that you start with a desire. You know, I think Don just mentioned that, you know, when you were a child, you saw your uncle have a, a house here in Belmont Shore next to the water. And you're like, you know, I want that and I'm going to get that one day uh-huh. and you're here. Uh-huh. I think that's all success is, is that you hit your goal. You know, I think for the new entrepreneur or just people that desire greatness, maybe a good relationship or something, you know, that you thrive for, is don't don't lose faith in that. Uh-huh. And surround yourself with people. And that's really my my secret to success. It's really not a secret. I have good people around me. One of my biggest decisions I ever made was cherish relationship uh-huh. and do whatever it takes to fight for the people that are good people in my life. And then I was just blessed with an opportunity with this business. And all I, all I did was ask them to come join me. Yeah. Yep. And you're from, taking care of them. Right. From my Salesforce to my cousin to my friend. And it's amazing. It's amazing in the sense that I'm able to make money and I'm hanging out with people I, I love to hang out <laughs> with. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's pretty cool. You know, like when you think about going to work, you're like, oh, I don't want to deal with that person. I love work. I love work so much. My, my wife is jealous. <laughs> she don't think I'm going to cheat on her. But if I'm working too long, why are you working so long? <laughs> what are you doing? And, and you know, she have a we have a, we have a, a, a Lexus that I found have a GPS system in it, right? So she knows exactly where I'm at. She's like, why are you? Why is this so long? Why is it? You know? <laughs> and I and, and you know, it's work. It's yeah. still work. It's you know, work, but, but you love what you're doing. Family. And yeah. So it's like, the conversation go a little long. We had too much fun. Then we should maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. You know, but it was it's a challenge. Yeah. How how do you speaking of your wife? How do you balance work and family? You have kids now, and a wife. And you have obligations that are pulling you in all these directions. And many entrepreneurs, many of them that we know together, Ken, have that same challenge of balancing work and family and social obligations and charity. How do you do that? You know, it's funny. I actually joined uh, Vistage because of that. Why is that? <laughs> because I couldn't find a balance. <laughs> yeah, this is two years now. Yeah. We're approaching two years um, with the Vistage group. You know, Don is our chair. And one of the first breakthrough I had was in the first meeting was I found that I was a slave to my business. You know, I think I almost broke down and shed tears because, you know, I, I remember sharing the story that I was on a cruise for three days and I couldn't couldn't stop working, mm-hmm. you know, and this was a promise I made to my wife that it's going to be our family time. I took my parents and her parents, mm-hmm. treat them, and I wasn't even present, mm-hmm. you know, because I was still working. Mm-hmm. You know, they should start, take away internet at the cruise, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it's teasing you. It has slow enough internet for it to work, but not good enough for you to get much things done. So I'm like <laughs> constantly paranoid and trying to have fun, you know, yeah. trying to balance that. So. How have you changed? I've changed in the sense that, you know, we work and we pursue making financial gains and things like that to better the lives of ourselves and the people we love. But somewhere along the line, including my parents, we got trapped into just 
working and then now we are not spending time with those we love so we seek out we got the money then we don't have the time mm-hmm. so one of the things i always said as, as a kid is that i'm not gonna be my parents mm-hmm. great example in business great example as a parent a ton of love but i i, I don't see them mm-hmm. till today i love my dad to death he's my he's my superhero you mm-hmm. know the guy's invincible at least I, that's how i feel when he's when i'm when i look up to him as a kid mm-hmm. even now right but i I can't have more than three sentence conversation with the man. If I go to the house, it'd be like, do you yet? Mm-hmm. Good. How's good? You're great. Awesome. Bye, son. Wow. And recently I've been working harder and building a relationship, spending time with him and things like that. So he would share with me different stories and things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like surprised by who my dad is. Mm-hmm. He'd tell me stories about how he cut school to go to a dojo and learn how to be a black belt and things like that. I'm like, dude, this is my dad. I didn't yeah, know this. Yeah. And this is now what? I'm 38 mm-hmm. before I start to know who my dad is. Wow. Because he wasn't there. Because he wasn't there. Yeah. Because he's always doing whatever it takes to provide food for the family and so forth. So I, I, get, I say all that to say it is important to me to make sure I have that balanced life to, to spend time with my kids and so forth. With your kids. Right. So you're not like that. With, right. So now, now what I what I do is, and this is the, the the this is the breakthrough is that to be a successful entrepreneur, you have to be a great leader and a great developer of people. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to find the right people for you to um, support your business. Yeah. Because if you can't, then you'll be a slave to your business, like my parents were. They 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 did everything, and on top of that, they brought us in there, all four kids. Yeah. After school, we're working at the shop, so it was it was it was horrible. I had to to take extra credit and go to all kind of things just to make sure I'm not at the shop. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Justifying why I can't. You were come slaves home. to your parents. <laughs> exactly. You yeah. know, and and I feel bad about it. I really did, and now I I feel like I'm I can pay back. You know, we. Do a lot of family trips together, and I would um, I have the ability now to pay for the trips and not have them stress about money because that's, that's one of the things I hate. If they were able to do the trip, it's gonna be miserable because my parents would make us aware of how it's like they they feel they they we can't enjoy the trip because it, they they bring up the money and how they left the business for us and so forth. You know, it's almost and they, they don't do it intentionally, but right. they it's, it's just naturally. It was just natural, yeah. you know. So mm-hmm. if it wasn't. Even a vacation wasn't even a vacation. It was yeah. more like a lecture. Yeah, know, lecture, lecture. Yeah, lecture. Like, oh man, I'd rather not have the vacation. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so um, I've learned to be a better delegator. And Richard Branson is one of my business idol, mm-hmm. the owner of Virgin Records. He mm-hmm. talks about that in a few of his talks and mm-hmm. uh, some of the things and articles I read about him, how he believed in empowering people, mm-hmm. giving people flexibility and all that. So mm-hmm. I, I adapt that in my life. That's great. And learn to be a better leader of developing someone like Andy to take ownership in sales develop Paul, my friend and now back office manager to have the ability to make decisions for himself and so forth. So then I free myself mm-hmm. to spend time with my family. That's wonderful. You know, so my wife always, she's ambitious in the sense of she want my time. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, of course. <laughs> so she's my balance, right? So right. She, to me, I think I give 10, 20, maybe even 100 more time than my parents did. So I'm good. But to her, her standard is much higher. <laughs> I think that's why I married her because her she, she was raised quite different from me. Yeah. Yeah. They have family dinner together, or family talk, and actually communicate with each other. Those things they that share you want. Stories, the things that I want, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, at the same time, she wanted me, my ambition, mm-hmm. and what, what um, you know, we're financially off better. Um, my family is financially better than hers, mm-hmm. but she had the quality of relationship that right. I want. So, right. right. 
I think merging the two um, desire caused me to fight for not only the financial stability, but also the quality of time and freedom. That's great. To create the memories that I would like to have as a kid. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, great. Well, Ken and Andy, thank you so much for sharing your company story with us. I think it's very inspirational and very educational. And uh, you've been great guests to have on the show. So thank you very much. Thank you, Don. Hey, thanks for listening to this podcast. If you like what you heard, you can go to mycompanystory.com to find previous episodes. Or you can go to iTunes and subscribe to My Company Story, where we have new episodes coming out every week.